was um, a uh, tremendous young man that came to us at Bowen's Mill. And he would, uh, he had a lot of money, but he'd get out on the highway because he felt like that God had called him to that. And he would, um, he would hitchhike, uh, trusting that God would send him the person that God wanted him to talk to that guy. I really liked him. Good looking guy. He, he no, really, he, he was smart. And then he, he got to um, uh, coming against the, um, the abortion thing, big time. And he came in, and I said to him, I said, you know, really, you're such a good guy, and you've been you've connected with us, and we love you, but you're wasting your time out there because until we grow up, <laughs> there's not a lot going to happen. But to really, I mean, God did use it. And one of the things he said, and I, I didn't forget it because I've done it, because he would say, this is a gotcha. I'm sorry, but I gotcha. And, and, and of course, if, if I get you, then I get God. That's really good English. But here's the gotcha. We're not finished. Oh. Oh, yeah, and the sky's blue. Um, but not only are we not finished, the general tendency is to think that we can lope along and it won't make any difference. Let me just say this. Uh, and I, um, the, the great writer, and he was good, uh, James Joyce said this, all I require of my readers is that they be completely devoted to my work. Okay? Now that's kind of a gotcha. Not to you, you say, I don't need to go to the library for that. But that's, that's what your Heavenly Father is all about. And every child should have a notebook I mean, I know, oh, we don't do that in the summer. Yeah, you need to. Uh, because God insists, and everything that his son distributed has to do with being all in and totally encompassed. And it's a gotcha for me today. I, you know, I feel like uh, somebody shot me in about 18 places and I'm still bleeding. When, when I say things like this. Because God is not going to allow you to grow wherever you sit this instant if this is just a casual fling. And I'd rather see this thing dispensed today, distribute the money to somebody who is serious, anybody, if we're gonna continue to be a half-hearted group. And, and it's not true that we are half-hearted. There are single-minded individuals, at least a couple somewhere in this crowd, 
And, and this is, a, this should be our intent. Can you say amen to that? Do you believe that's what God wants? You're not going to hell if you're not single-minded. But you don't grow. You end up going, you know, waving your uh, doobie, uh, drooling with a full diaper before God. And uh, it's a gotcha. Gotcha! That we could go home right now and you'd have enough. And I'd have enough, but I, you know, I think uh, I'm going back to what, what Hannah said. It's just today, you can only do right now. I, I am not happy about last Thursday. Not too thrilled about uh, four Mondays ago. Oh, I had a birthday party when I was 32. Oh, what a dismal thing that was. Can't do anything about it. And the greatest thing that you've ever heard, one of them, as far as the East is from the West, so far have I separated your iniquities from you. And you sit clean today because of your relationship with Christ. Because you said, help. Anyway, uh, let's gather. and God, go with us. You got us. <laughs> you said we're yours. We're thrilled with it, Father. And with eyes wide open, we go before you uh, with a with a help in our heart. Let's gather. Our confidence is
One of the handicaps, uh, blessings or curses, I don't know how you would see it. Yes. Uh, I, uh, welcome. The, the circumstances, uh, you get old and you reflect more. You know, I remembered a uh, eighth grade teacher the other day, his name just came to me and I couldn't remember where I put other things. And as we sang this song today, I was thinking of the multitude of people in the move, in the walk, that are spread out all over Southern California. And some of them I've been in contact with and that's kind of exciting. I, I uh, gave a, uh, little note to John Miller and said, we're praying for you against the storm. Supposed to have a, a, I mean, just a terrible storm hit San Diego, which is kind of ridiculous. California doesn't put up with that, but she might have to. Uh, and uh, I, I felt when And this is kind of painful, but I felt when, when uh, uh, Sinead got up and framed uh, you folks, I mean, the, what, what came out of her heart was, I didn't come with anything, but I love you and you're wonderful. And uh, I know I felt somewhat guilt-ridden because uh, I've had, you know, in the 40 years we've been here, this hasn't been always a wonderful love relationship. And, and if love is the greatest power on earth, and it is, and it's the strengthening thing that sustains, and you're kind of uh, on the uh, low side with your chips of love, uh, it, it can uh, wring some pain out of you. But uh, I wanted to thank you for that. You weren't trying to be anything. And, and I, I don't know what happened. I think out of the birth canal, I didn't like myself because I started doing impressions of everybody. And, and I was good. Uh, I just didn't like me. And then I found out that every, all those guys were taken, and that's a problem. Uh, but you still try. Uh, and this is really, the message today is for the young people and for those that didn't get it before that time. And I've asked a couple of folks, uh, more than that, to take notes because I'd like to see it transcribed because some of the things need to be written down and there are a few new things here that maybe you haven't heard but the reality is, um, we sing that song, Standing in Your Presence. I think Stevens wrote it, didn't he? Or who? Did she? Anyway, he, he wrote a couple of other good songs in there, but the point was that uh, we have a phenomenal promise, do we not? We're children of the promise. 
And one of the greatest things that I see is that he's, he's waited on me. He's detained his final judgment. I mean, so much so that we are, uh, <laughs> we have promises that we can't even conceive of. They hurt our brains and we're smitten at times and we still have a whole room full of people who don't believe that they're free. They're really trying hard to continue to do commercials and be something. And so for the children, this, uh, if you, uh, let's go first to, uh, oh goodness, uh, Hebrews 11, 6. Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you don't trust him today, you can't please him. Okay? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Those to come to him must believe he's there. Hello? And I would say, and one of the things that sneaks up on you when you're praying, you know, sometimes you, you're, you pray for a situation, and it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And so you just kind of just, sometimes you can get just, traditionally praying into the wind. And, and you, don't, you don't know it until you're reminded, did, did I really move in faith? And then when you do, there, there is a difference, okay. And, a, and it's a big difference. And uh, you're pretty quick. Maybe I'll have you read some of the word here because I don't want to be long here this morning. I, I have fallen in love with my voice over the years. And I'm sick of it, so you'll step in. Uh, I get the scripture. And the first one I, I want to look at is something that most of you probably don't know that much about. And secondarily, you, um, it, it's, it's going to be wonderful uh, when it comes um, because it's something that hasn't happened yet. And so we're going to go to Zechariah, okay, chapter, let's see, 12 is it? I have these notes here, yeah, 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 yeah. Zechariah 12, verse 10. You want to stand up and read that? You got it? Yeah, just, well, go on a little bit. It says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Okay. That'll be, okay. Read it again. People miss the first part. They're talking in the back, pouring coffee, doing something. It says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Keep going. Well, actually a whole chapter they should read, but we won't do that now. The, the essential thing is that this hasn't come yet because 
Israel hasn't really uh, received in the, in, the, in the way that the scripture says that she will receive the spirit of grace and of supplication. Somebody, anybody in the room uh, express what supplication is because uh, the young kids probably don't know what it is. It can be prayer. Help! Yeah, please! Pleading with God. And, and that's what's coming uh, for Israel. She hasn't seen it yet, and she has stiffed God uh, and, uh, and his son. Well, she hasn't stiffed his son. And I, I have Jewish friends who really, I know they love God. Uh, our judge friend does. His wife is open enough to say, I don't believe in anything uh, much. But that's what's coming. And, and really, it was given to you in the second covenant, okay? Because what has God done? He's, well, he's put his, his laws into your heart and mind. So your heart, you had a change of heart. And I, I was talking, and, and please, uh, uh, pray for, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna just say, pray for this girl that called me the other night, and uh, <laughs> she said that she was beginning to be interested in the fact that maybe God uh, had foresight and knew what was going on. Uh, and, and I said, wow, wow, that's good. Because, honey, you've been bankrupt. And it, you, you've seen my phone ringing the other day, and it was so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, yeah, the rest of them are kind, but God's given you a, an abrupt capacity. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> anyway, uh, Katrina, bless her heart, and she, she went through here, and you, you know, and I love the little pup, but she, I told her, I said, I, and when I was talking to her, I said, honey, I thought it was your sister, and she laughed, because your sister was, you know, at least she would kind of warm her hands by the fire of truth, and your attitude, you know, you had your hands in your pocket, and you said, ha, I don't care, but and it's important for you to understand and for me to get it too, that some of the people who just don't seem to give a, a, a wham bam about anything, all of a sudden they change. So don't be quick to judge anybody before the time, especially yourself, okay? Because you got the goods on you. All right, so, so and now in that, in that chapter, it says that every one of the major families of Israel will get together and stand apart as families, separated as families, to cry out and ask God for forgiveness. Now that's Israel. That has not happened. And there are some, I mean, I think some of the folks over there, they must know their lineage. Maybe they won't even, it won't even mean anything to them. But they are going to understand that they've been given grace and 
They will plead. They will cry. They will ask God for help. Now, I'm, this is, from here on there'll be some review, and if it irks you, too bad. Just, you, you need to hear it. And some of the young people don't know about it. But I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna give a scripture, and I'm trusting that we've gone over this and over this, and I'd like you to speak up so that the children can hear you and those taking notes can. I can quote it, but I, I, I just think it's important because really you don't believe anything until you can say it with a level of clarity. You know, and even the mystical things that happen, you know they happened, but you can't articulate them and one of the most difficult things, and please understand this, all of you, Christ cannot be taught with words. And the people who are telling you, well, you turn to you know, Proverbs 8 and you'll see, it, I don't care where you take them to, unless the spirit is hovering, there's no haps. Okay? Just not going to do that do that. And the mystical thing, and, and you know, I can say, <laughs> Shanae is, is uh, one of the, I mean, she played uh, Wells Fargo tougher than anybody. I thought she was going to kill some of the boys. Uh, but here she was tender and one, anybody remember those days? I did. Uh, she, she is not a little sissy. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you heard her heart because God was with her. And if God is with somebody, you, you may get fed. And when, when you are fully with him, there's no question. He, his, his orientation, he will move heaven and earth to bring to pass what, what you uh, cried for. Now you've heard, and I've, I, I'm sorry I don't have a video for you, and I'm sorry that Ted isn't home to help us because we're kind of bereft without some of our techies. But you heard me talk about Gary Vincent and all the needs and his, his grandson over and over and over. And I, uh, but Gary called me the other day and he said, he said, I've got good news, fantastic news. Well, his son, his grandson was abused there in a court, divorce, finances, and Gary has been just kind of uh, up to his ears and difficulty and, and really struggling with God himself because he said, I'm talking to God and I don't get any, you know, any answers like I'd like to see. Anybody go through that? Yeah, we do. Uh, and, and if you ask me what, what's my greatest need, I want more specificity from God. He's got to be more specific. But then he doesn't got to be anything I say. <laughs> he will be if, if my adjustments are made in the right direction. How's that for putting it mildly? Don't you love her? Um, <laughs> well, the good news is his grandson hides out. He was 
not only was he abused, but he was picked on. I think he's a ninth or tenth grader. I, I'm not sure. And his, his, his name is Luke. Uh, and he, he, he sometimes wouldn't talk to Gary. And Gary has just absolutely framed him as a great athlete, and he's going to do this and that. And, and so Gary sent me this video. And Luke changed high schools, and Luke was a defensive player. Now, in the video that I got, and I wanted to show you, and I got it on my machine, and some of you I will show. Uh, Luke, uh, the kids saw Luke, and he'd only been there for maybe a week, and the football team said, look, we've got to get Luke in the backfield. He, he's, he hits hard and all that, and he's a good defensive player, but he can really run. Well, <laughs> there was, they were playing a game, and I was watching, and Gary told me, he said the, there was only 30 seconds left. They were behind by two touchdowns. So that, any time I watch stuff like that, it's hopeless. Usually I go for popcorn or, you know, see you tomorrow. Well, uh, Luke was back there. They kicked to him. The ball bounced. He picked it up. And he was in the end zone just about, and he ran all the way to the 50, and the whole crowd just was screaming. And of course, for Gary, because Gary, this was Gary's prayer before any of the things. He knew they had a game. He was go, it was a junior varsity game, kind of a, you know, a, a nothing burger, but not to Gary and not to the boy. And, and when, when he caught the ball, uh, Gary saw it, and, and, and he said, oh, thank you, Lord, because Gary's prayer was this, Lord, I haven't heard from you, and, and, and I'm, I'm a mess, I know I am, Would you, could you just do one thing, just one thing, Lord, for Luke? Well, he caught the ball and ran, the crowd went nuts, and now the coach and everybody knows that this kid can play. So that was, that was like, you know, somebody getting up and stopping the rain to Gary. And I, because I know him, because I've been in there, it means it doesn't mean a bunch to you, but that's, that's what, when you talk to God, when you say, God, would you help me today? Could you show me uh, and I, I don't know, uh, I, I suppose that Tim has said, would you not rain on my hay today? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he said that or when it happened. He doesn't come busting in and say, God answered me today, you know. But it, it is everything, if you were centralizing your heart to find this relationship with God that you've been promised you have, okay? But if you don't believe that he is and that he's a rewarder when you're diligently seeking him, you won't see him. You won't get that, uh, that resonance, that, that awareness. And you're wasting your time here if you think you've got some career that you're building, go ahead and do it. We'll support you. We'll love you through it. But until 
there's a coming around, it won't happen. All right, uh, turn to Ecclesia. I'm, what I'm going to do now is uh, we're going to go to those scriptures uh, regarding how, because the question that, that I want you to answer in your own mind, every one of us, why is it that the grandiose provision of God is so overwhelming? Why is it that as far as the east is from the west, he separates, that there's no more death for us who are born uh, from above? The, the ongoing provision is just earth-shaking if you are starting to connect with it. And it's, a, it, it's peace, because Christ is shalom. Christ is the rest. Okay? It's, you don't have to go get it, you have it. Okay? You don't have to, you know, look for uh, wealth and treasures. It, it's, it's right there in your heart and in your hands, because God promises and he doesn't lie. What he says is final. You know, I, as a father, I'd say, now that's final, Elaine, that's it. Well, it wasn't final. You know, I, I could see that maybe I was too much heavy law. Uh, and and my da I, with my father, I thought I was going to die if I didn't obey. So all my disobedience came hidden, surreptitious. I had to really be slick. But with God, it's not that way. When he says you have the promises and they're resting upon you, they're there. And apostolic ministry said to my daughter, let's call you <laughs> favor. Your favor. And I, it, it, it struck me at the time. And I still believe that. God doesn't you know, he doesn't say something with confirmation and then take it back. Uh, he doesn't birth you and then say, well, you're a disgusting mess and you have been and so have I have been. Even with all the wonder of God, somebody needed to say, hmm, at least. So, here's the scripture. Romans 8.20, what's the deal? Anybody, quote it. You don't have to look, you should have it in your head by now. Yeah. Romans 8, 20. What? Maybe I didn't quote it right. Excuse me. It's Romans 8. I'll go there, I didn't. What? Yeah. Here's the, here's the scripture, you find it. Uh, the creature, say it with me, the creature was made subject to vanity. Is that not Romans 8? What? Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so the creature was made subject to vanity. That's you, vanity. That's why you were such a mess. 
I don't know. How many people didn't come to God until they were maybe 20? Anybody in the room? Get them up. Let's see. Yeah, that's kind of late. Uh, and, and you don't know how much he was hounding you before that, do you? Okay. Okay, turn to Jeremiah. And somebody can quote it. We can save time here. I don't want to beat this thing to death. But the young people have to know why there is an overwhelming goodness of God. And, and the, the answer simply is this, that he has fixed you so that you couldn't do anything right ever until you and he were joined. And that's still operational. Your marriage is corrupt, your job is corrupt, your school is corrupt, and even with his help, if you are pretty cash and uh, double-minded, you're in a sinkhole as you walk. Jeremiah 18, 1. Great line. Now, this is for the children. You should have it by now. Maybe you don't. Anybody? The potter. <laughs> Go to the potter and... Uh, Come on, somebody. Yes, read it. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Is it? Alright, alright, say that again, because that's real good stuff. He makes us messed up. And then he tears that down and remakes it. Even for a mountain climber, you need to project <laughs> your voice more. Go ahead. Read it. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand Wait, of wait, the what does marred mean? It was messed up. It was not perfect. It was well, do the kids, some of the kids do Play-Doh. Yeah. And they try to make a little yeah. cup, and yeah. what do they yeah. do? If they stick their thumb in it, it won't hold anything, yeah. right? It leaks. Yeah, you got a leaking yeah. vessel. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Okay, uh, what's the big deal there? Read, uh, say it. He made what? I mean, the way the context, when I read it, I jumped. He made the vessel again. You've had a makeover. I've had a makeover. You can't tell yet, but... <laughs> Isn't that good? Is that, is that good? That's why he's so generous. Because he made you a mess, and he owes you... <laughs> well, he doesn't, but in his intention, he is more driven to love you and to bring you in than you are. And it, it, it's like you're standing outside and he says, look, uh, and you know, when, he, when Abraham, come outside here with me and count the stars if you can, they're all yours. Everything out there, every galaxy, everything, as far as you can see, count them. Can you count them? I, I don't know to what degree, uh, you know, that's a realistic picture, but, uh, he was talking face to face with him. You need to find out as soon as possible why he doesn't speak to you the way he spoke 
to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because he told Jacob big stuff. Wherever you go, I'll be with you. And I'll bring you back. And he did. And he had a conniver. I mean, you, you're, you may be a conniver. I'm a conniver. I know that. Uh, and don't brag about it, Bill. But uh, he takes connivers and he makes a Jacob out of them. He gives them strength. Okay? Now, remember, this is for the children. And some of you, you say, well, I know. I'm, I know this. All right, let's, let's go to another scripture. Uh, let's go over to uh, Ecclesiastes. Would that be good? Chapter 3, verse 10. Do you have it? Okay. Verse 10. Ecclesiastes 3. I have seen the travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. Okay? The exercise is try to be a good guy without Christ. How many of you have said, I'm dealing, honestly, kids, understand this. In the last month, I've been on the phone with marriages that are falling apart, with, with people who made promises and they can't keep them and they don't know why. And you can't keep yours and will never be able to keep yours unless Christ is central, unless you are connected and realize that as Jesus had to grow, you, as a son of God, must grow. And you grow in what? You grow in understanding and maturity to believe him, to trust him. Now, ever had somebody that you, <laughs> you trusted and they, they fell apart? And one of the things that happens, I mean, it's vital to know that eventually and, and Jesus did this and I'm thankful that he did it early because one of the things that's really kind of a sick thing is I mean families are wonderful and we've got wonderful families we do here but the protection and the the prejudice over family as opposed to realizing that we are one amalgamation of God's family, you know? And, and that amalgamation isn't that I show preference. Well, yes, as a father and mother, you're, you're to conduct the things. And I tell people when I talk to them, I said, look out. Those mothers out there, they're going to they're gonna go to war. They're going after the FBI and the CIA and the, the cops on the street and everybody. You're not going to do this to my children. And I respect that. And I'm not trying to minimize that factor. But there are uh, mothers out there that have lost their children. And they're standing up for the whole of America and that because of what's taking place. And Jesus did not show preferential judgment. I'm sure he was a good son. But when you know the story, uh, they came in and said, uh, Master, your, your, your 
mothers there with the brothers. And uh, he said it loud enough that people could hear it. And he said, who is my mother and my brothers? Who are they? Now, that sounds rude. Does it sound rude? Uh, we have a meeting here. Uh, see you, Ma. Uh, take her, would you? What? Yeah. Oh, well, see, we, we have some, their families here that haven't, haven't even come to that. They haven't come to that. And that's basic. You know, uh, 40 years, oh, it's my family. I, so and so, my step neighbor in law that was so good to my mom, I've got to go see them in Calcutta. And uh, I know it's an expensive trip. We have, if we don't grow up, this thing is terrible. It is boring. The, the charismatic merry-go-round and the calliope and all that, you know, wasn't it delightful? Not so delightful. And God wants us to be tired of tradition. Okay. I have seen the travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exes. And just, <laughs> he wears us out. Verse 11, he's made everything beautiful in his time. Pretty ugly now, would you say? Pretty ugly now. Why is it ugly now? I don't want him to change. I want it to be like it used to be. You know. I, I told Gary, because Gary was concerned, I said, Gary, you don't even know if there's going to be a football season. You know? <coughs> you, you could be very well an idolater for your own grandson. And, <laughs> and, I, and I did say, look, I've got grandsons that are far worse than, than your grandson will ever live to grow up to be. And, and God has made it clear to me, you know, I got that. I'll handle that. There's nothing out there that he isn't handling. Does that mean I don't get ripped and act like a possessive grandmother or grandfather? Yeah, I do. I, I have to fight it. But, but, the, but the haven... The rest is God's got it. He's got it. And until you see that he's got it, you're going to fret and worry and, you know, and sweat and get ulcerated colon and whatever is in front of you because he has that. And it's not going to be beautiful because I want it to be. You know, I, I told a very close friend in Seattle that I really cared for it. I said, Seattle is a hellhole. They're defecating in the street. The half of the, the downtown you can't even go to. And you know the response was, well, I, I just love Seattle, and, I, you know, and it's still beautiful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but you kind of have to select where you're pointing your camera. Anyway, here it is. He has made everything beautiful in his time, also, he has set the world in their heart 
so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to end. So, you're an ignoramus and I'm an ignoramus. He will not tell me what next Thursday is going to be about. He, he, the prophecies here that you're reading today. The Spirit of Grace is going to fall on Israel. And the Spirit of Supplication. They will beg. And they said it would be like the days when, when uh, uh, Josiah was wounded. And the whole country rose up because they loved him so much. Because he, he had cleaned out so much. But when he was wounded, the whole country went to prayer. And, and they say it would be just like that. When the spirit of grace falls. And the spirit of supplication. And, I, and I've thought about that. I've asked for help. But I can't even ask for help if I don't ask God, how do I have a sustaining heart for help? Okay. It's painful. There's one more that we looked at. Anybody remember where it was? Uh, as far as this, we can, we can go on. That's quite a, quite a bit. Romans 8, Jeremiah 18.1. Ecclesiastes 3.10 through 11. Where is the other one? We have one more there. What? Well, no, I'm talking about the fixing. Where God fixed you so that you, you were trapped in your flesh and your own uh, darkness until he got you out. Well, we had four. We can, we can pass it. We'll come back to it. Uh, so that I want to wrap things up here in a, in a minute. Um, one of the things that uh, is, is, has got to be uh, clear to us that, that God is pouring out His, his uh, grace upon us, but the, the, the Israelites still are stuck strongly in Judaism. And, and, and Zechariah 12 just blasts that thing to pieces. And you're a part of that, and you, you've had the blessing. You know that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he done this. I, I'm going to conclude here. I want to go to, um, uh, let's see. Well, of his fullness, we've all received grace for grace. You need grace for the grace that you already have because you, you spit on the goodness of God's grace when he made you clean. And so you need grace for the grace, and so do I. We all need that. And those of you can, you can you know, put that down the way you... Uh, yeah. Are you talking about Ephesians 2, Father? Even when we were dead in our trespasses, well, he did that, but, but it doesn't say, all it says that we, is that, that we were there. It doesn't say he fixed us. And, and that's... It, it, it says he raised us up. Yeah, I agree with you. There's no question. No, no, no it's, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful line. All I'm saying is, he, 
he made a mess of you in, in uh, Jeremiah 18. You, you were a mess, so he had to make you over. And your makeover was when, God, I'm a mess. And he said, I'm here. I've been waiting for you, darling. Uh, you're beautiful, you're smart, but you're still a mess. And, and, he, and he drew you then. That's, those are the scriptures that are pretty, pretty solidly there. And I can't believe I forgot them, the fourth one, but I thought there was. All right, I want to go to uh, um, Matthew 18, okay? Two of the big boys for our young people and, and, and for our old people. This is for everybody here. Uh, go to Matthew 18, 18, okay? All right, here we are. This is a, this is a well-known story, but it's, it, if it's just a story, it's no help to you, okay? Yeah, I know where that is in the Bible. I've underlined that. It's really good there for me. Well, it doesn't do you any good unless it's operational, unless you are in the middle of it. And, and the, 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 when, you, when you look, unbelief is a big-time enemy, is it not? I mean, anybody here fight unbelief? The, the, the devil ever come up and say, who made God? And I, I just said, go away, help me, Jesus. Okay? But there, those things do happen to us. So unbelief is a big one. You must believe that he's here, that he's operational, and he is. And, and the indifference, I mean, you look at, you know, one of the things that's very hard, you preach and you, you, you know that God gave you something, you know very well this is going to help somebody. And you look out there and you got, you know, their, their heads are like apples in a Halloween uh, barrel. <laughs> They've got other things to do. And, and only God can give you the capacity to keep on and to not be upset and forgive the absolute uh, indifference to somebody's major health. Because if you don't learn very quickly that your peace and your health is in God, you're, you're going to look for it and people say, have you heard about me? I'm, I'm a fanatic. I've been a fanatic on health stuff and I've been trying to give people the understanding that the greatest uh, antioxidant is melatonin. People say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some are dying. You know, they've got problems. And they, I mean, even medical people. And I've said this before. We've got people who go in, they'll take their clothes off, they'll allow an unknown person that they just learned Dr. Frisbee there, and Frisbee uh, opens up uh, oracles and says, I mean, and, and says all kinds of things standing in their nakedness and they won't believe their own uncle, father, step, pastor-in-law, whoever. But they'll just submit to the doctor told me because they, they are stuck on the earth and they do not believe that the God who made it all cares so much for them that he will, he will say, okay, Gary, I'll show you what I can do for your grandson who's playing defense, I'll shove him one minute with only three seconds to go. I'll show you how precise I am, Gary. 
And I, I yelled at Gary Vince over this. I said, Gary, you know what you've been and you know what we can do with our unbelieving minds. And, and we've, got, we've got people in the faces. The one face I see, and, I, and the Holy Spirit just gave it to me. The one face I see is the face that was mine when I was 17, 18, 16, 19. I did not want God because he was a fun spoiler. He took away party. He took away all the things, my love for the world, and my music would go. My, all these things would go. God can't compete with that, right? Wrong. That's where we have a room full of steep, stupid adolescents who absolutely believe what they hear from the God of this earth rather than the God who made them. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the carelessness of our youth are more interested in their own understanding that comes straight from hell than the God who will speak to them and preserve them forever. That's a war. And every youth leader needs to see that. I don't know how you preached during that time, but I guess you went after it. Did you? Gabe, did you go after a little bit with the... Do they kind of think, oh, man, I'm going to lose everything. God, he doesn't know how to throw a party. Well, excuse me. Uh, he put the sun in place. He made the shape of every woman. He put the blue eyes and those wonderful blondes, brunettes, redheads. Uh, he's, uh, he, he did the ocean. He, he made a place for guys to surf. Uh, he made thousands and thousands of sub-microscopic uh, organisms that changed the earth so you can grow potatoes in a place that was a frozen tundra. And you sit around and say, God can't make you happy. You can't be content with your God. Sit on that one. Okay. Matthew 18. I said it, we'll start with 18. 18, 18. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall bind on earth, you shall be bound in heaven. And whosoever shall be bound in heaven, uh, or shall loose on earth, shall be loose in heaven. He's talking about us doing this. But you won't do any of it. I won't do any of it until he and I are in a relationship that we're still uh, moving toward. Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. And Gary and I prayed for that something, you know. Anyway, but, um, and then Peter comes up to him, and this is where I want to close, because it's important, and, it, and there's still an operational filth in the house, okay? I mean, if we came in, you know, I love the pigs, and pigs are smart, and I saw pigs counting, in, uh, at Knott's Berry Farm, I like them. I don't always, I'm not big on, on the meat like I do beef or something else, but if we let a pig run through here, he would probably make a mess, would you say, offhand? 
Yeah, I, I agree, he, he would. But a worse mess is your and my filthy opinions about our brothers and sisters because there's accuracy, but it's not the love of God because God did pick us up, as you said, when we were without help. I mean, we're a mess. Uh, and, we, and he did that. And I, I think usually we, we kind of are aware we need help when he does that. But here it is. Peter asked the question. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? And here's what Jesus said. You should have this, uh, young people, please. And those of you who are taking notes from me that I ask, please get this down and enlarge it and circle it and make sure it's underlined. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. And I really don't believe that God meant that it was just gonna be 70 times seven. You and I are bound because we're forgiven to forgive everybody. And I, I, I don't know that I could be the worst of the worst, but I was bad as far as forgiveness. Revengeful. And I remember the day when I was on my face and I said, please God, everybody, everybody. And then some years later, after I was walking with God and preaching, I said, I don't think there's anyone that I have anything against. And the Holy Spirit showed me uh, his list. That the things that I was still holding, that, that they, were, they were current enough and that's the greatness of God because he, 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 he invades the circuitry. And in your soul and in my soul that is so stinking wild, it wants what it wants when he wants it. You know. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, I really like Nordstrom because uh, I've taken uh, the, the Chinese belt. I've got a belt here, I think it's from China. And I've taken three belts back to uh, Nordstrom. And the other day I saw the chaos where they were going in there and they took several, almost $100,000 worth of stuff from Nordstrom. Every time I go in there, I take my belt off, I stand there holding, you know, Need to hold my pants when my belt's not there. Don't bring that up. But nevertheless, I say, I, you know, I paid good money for this. And the guy says, look, I'll get you. And he, he goes back and gets me a belt. I've been there. I've done that three times with Nordstrom. It's absolutely, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best department stores. And when I saw them ravaging through there, I thought, dear God, that's the soul. That's the soulish man saying, whoopee, we can steal and, and they won't even arrest us. And if they arrest us, we'll be out tomorrow. And I'll have the stuff. Understand. 
the most important person in the room, and the only person in the room that you can do anything about is you. And you must forgive yourself. Because if you don't, you'll be after everybody else. The most critical people I know have not forgiven themselves. I was one. And unbelief and unforgiveness will sink you and stop you growth. There's, and you know that, you know the rest of the story and maybe uh, the students could read that sometime because you won't be forgiven. And I thought, I've been praying about that particular line because there's some people that I love very much that would like to see me, you know, face a hanging or a firing squad. And so I, my capacity to go forth is limited. But I've been praying for that and I'm thinking that, that I, could, could we both consider the possibility that I can't go anywhere with God unless I believe him, unless I really know that he's there. And secondarily, if I don't forgive everybody, that's what community is all about, is finding out how solidly unforgiving and self-centered we are. And there comes a time when you kind of canopy and people say, well, I get it. Yeah, I'm not a forgiver. I'm not a believer. <laughs> I'm in trouble. And they go rolling off and that's fine. I've got you know, a dear brother who got up at a farm recently or a place and he said, you know, community's not the end of the matter. And I told him I, we had talked about that and he preached that. Now he's an enemy because people want to hold on to the tradition. We've got to keep doing what we've already always done. And God said, we forget those things that go on. You know, we'll, re we'll, we'll revisit them, but we go on. Bow your heads. Close your eyes, please, children, too. Unbelief. If you come to God, you have to believe he's there. Father, help us in this moment to believe that you can help us. If we don't forgive, if I don't forgive, I won't be forgiven for abuse, for liars, for fights I've been in, for filthy things that have been said. I thank you, Lord, that there's a place if I cried to you and ask that you'll give me a trust and you'll give me a forgiving heart. Go with us this day. Uh, you made us new and 
and your program is not to show, when you make us new, to have us be finished, but to continue to work with us, that we can lay down the self-seeking ugliness of our nature, that we might be <laughs> your servants who love you more than ourselves. Help us do that. Be with every vessel today. Take them through the day. Lord, remind them of your care and that you're there. You're always there. We ask this in Jesus' name who proved it, who proved it, and who, who came to the end of himself and said, ha, let it pass. And he was strengthened from a father that he had already said is greater than he was. So be with us this day and in our days ahead, and particularly land upon our young people who think that their life is theirs and not his. This is why we're here, to find out whose life is ours, for Jesus' sake. Amen.